Today's guest is Doug Campbell of Drip Drop Distro. This is a conversation and a story you're going to want to listen to for inspiration purposes, but also to hear how things are changing in the space that involves cannabinoid while still looking at the overall general needs of a distribution company and what it looks like to be B2B and not B2C and how do you manage that? And then the regulatory issues with marketing, all of it is covered in this conversation. So without further ado, Doug Campbell of Trip Drop Distro. Oh man, Doug, uh, this is definitely going to be a treat. Uh, I can't wait for the listener to learn about the mission behind what you're doing. A lot of business owners don't get the chance to have a story like that that will cause them to reflect on like, why do I hire people? What's my mission? Things of that nature. I really believe that's going to be the heart and soul of what we're doing, but there's also room for so much more. So first of all, how are you doing? How are you feeling today? I'm feeling good, man. I'm actually on like a vacation with my family and celebrated my uh, sister-in-law's 50th birthday yesterday and okay. uh, been trying to been trying to work uh, been trying to work and stuff but I've been so accustomed to being on the road so it's kind of just normal um, but life's good man everything's been great yeah man see I love that because you are a business owner and it sounds like you have a pretty good family life balance like family itself is at the core of what you do often you'll hear people get into business and then they can't remember the last time they made time for their family because well you know they're busy making a living but uh where does that sit in your list of priorities well unfortunately man for me like i've always i you know i married my high school sweetheart and i've always been kind of an entrepreneur spirit and I've, a lot of that's been at the detriment of me being a the dad that I really want to be. Um, but I'm so old school, man. I'm kind of like a hunter and gatherer kind of mindset where I know I have a strong woman at home that takes care of all the kids and she's there to do everything. And I just try to go out every morning and just try to make our dreams come true and not put a limit on our life and be in the position to bless others. So even though a lot of people are like, yeah, this is great. And this is nice. You know, I'd be lying if I said that sometimes at night, I don't put a couple tears in my pillow you know, on the fact that I sacrificed a lot of time with my girls and, um, you know, for doing it. But I, but on the other hand, I look at it as like being a good provider and, you know, and trying to go get it and just stay up and at them. And, and, uh, it's the only thing that I knew when I learned from my dad and some of the mentors that I have was just to, just to grind and, and to be a strong dad and, and be a good provider and, and be there. And I, I just never want to be able to not answer the phone call and not be able to do something and handle something. So, the only way that you're ever going to do that is by earning. I mean, unfortunately, we live in a in um, in a capitalistic market, and that's the rules that I was born into. Yeah. But uh, if you ever want to, if you ever want to break the bonds and the things that hold people down, you got to earn. You just got to earn. It's what it is. No man, that's I couldn't have said it better myself, man. And you know, when I was looking over the notes, uh, I saw an interesting background. I mean, it was not an easy one. Uh, you and your business partners, you know, and the, and the things that you've had to overcome and work towards. Um, and uh, some of the highlights I have, I mean, I could go into it, but uh, why don't we do this? Uh, currently, right now, right, just for context for the listener, uh, you work in distribution of products, correct? Like you, you have a distribution factory, warehouse, and that's kind of the overhead and uh, multiple products, right? So we're looking at that. But it wasn't always the case, right? What were you doing just before you were running this business? <laughs> well, if, to go all the way back, I've always been in sales. Um, but in the early uh, 2000s, um, I was playing poker and uh, 
two people ended up changing my life. I mean, I was mentored by a really good father and a grandfather, and I think that's in my bio, but um, I'm playing uh, poker, and I met Mark Chicarillo and Troy Palmer, two of my partners today, and they were the only two guys that ever convinced me to go work for them outside of me working for my dad, and it literally changed my life. I mean, I was always was really good at sales, um, but I ended up learning how to sell over the phone, which is a very powerful thing, but uh, we end up getting into this synthetic cannabinoid business. You know, we've always been kind of edgy. If you know me and Mark and Troy, we've, we've always been kind of those guys and and uh, legal, of course, or at least we thought. Right. And um, we got into that business and ran it up to the moon. And and uh, I like to tell people all the time, you know, what what was that like and how was it building that company? And I always say, uh, if you've ever watched the Wolf of Wall Street, it was like <laughs> that. It was like that. But there was like three different significant differences between us and the Wolf of Wall Street. And, and one of those is, is um, one, we didn't make hundreds of millions. We were making tens of millions. So we were one less zero. Um, two, uh, we never crashed a helicopter. And the reason why is because we weren't making hundreds of millions. We were only making tens. So we couldn't afford a damn helicopter. We probably could at least one. And then the third one is, is we never threw midgets on a dartboard. But outside of that, <laughs> we pretty much was our story. And, and we ended up losing it all and um, never, never sat right with me. Um, we had 30, 30 plus employees at the time. I was just an employee at the time. I watched two of my business mentors get completely annihilated and wiped out. I watched one of them lose his family over it. Um, we're all good dads, all good family guys, all got good hearts. And I can't help but feel that uh, over the two to three years that we all got in, that we fought the federal system and stuff that... Uh, we didn't feel uh, feel accepted anymore and kicked down. I mean, we all paid our taxes and, you know, we all lived in the same homes and we were just providing stuff. And yeah, we had sold some edgy products, but these products now are the norm. They're the norm. And uh, so uh, it's just, it's just funny. So I um, never sat right with me on it. And I always just wondered what could happen if we could get back together again. And, and we ended up waiting about almost about four or five years to where we kind of got benched in the counterculture space. And we started up again and we started up as drip drop and, and we came out swinging and we, and we came out with a chip on our shoulders and, and we came out with a bunch of, with a bunch of people that I like to call castaways and, you know, and people that uh, don't get these types of jobs. And, and we just came swinging for the chin, man. And we're just not stopping on that. You know, it's just, uh, we're like the bad news bears with hearts, you know. What I mean? <laughs> yeah, no, man, you really, you're really speaking to something powerful because it is almost lost on people the fact that all the all these products that were considered edgy really are part of the core, like everyday products now. You know, um, for many people, they can't even see or imagine what it's like to not have those products as part of their lives these days. Yep. And, and to know that that basically destroyed families and, you know, it's been no mystery. This has kind of been uh, something that not only in business, but just other people's personal lives for having a nickel bag or whatever, like the amount of pain and suffering that was caused over something that's now commercialized is insanity. Um, and that's yeah. one layer to it. Right. But then it's, it's cool to, I think it's cool to have that as the background also, because from what I've understood of speaking to entrepreneurs, a lot of them prefer to know that they're working with someone who has had something like that happen in their past, because that makes you a better business partner moving forward, yeah. because you're not there to mess around. And you're also not going to do that to somebody else because you know exactly what that's like. 
you know? Yeah. So, so I imagine that invigoration that you had when you all came back and started uh, gathering these outcasts, as you will, you know, uh, was really mm-hmm. sort of the glue that held everybody together because everyone could relate to the, what's the word I'm looking for? The irony uh, was not lost on everyone who's a part of what you're doing that like, I can't believe this was a problem before. You know what? If now we can do this, we're going to do this. And so, yeah. you know, Drip Drop started and now you're distributing products. And as always, there's like ways you got to do things with marketing. It's still a little, you know, a, a little tricky. Yeah. And marketing is so yeah. important to the growth of a business. So I was wondering, are there any creative strategies that you've seen so far that have sort of you found to be the way for for your company, uh, your your uh, your coalition, if you will, of people to sort of help grow the company. Well, dude, man, we're so we're so old school. We always like to kind of say that we're you know we're super streety. And uh, if you go look at our Facebook page or our Instagram page or even TikTok, I guess TikTok's big now because my daughters tell me so. Yeah. Um, we barely have any followers. So if I, when we share revenue or share numbers with people and they go, you know, there's a, in this, in, in just industry in general, you know, you vet people by looking at their Instagram and, and all this stuff. And when we share numbers and stuff, I, I can't help but think that people go to our Instagram pages and stuff and they're like, oh man, these guys only have 2,800 followers. Like the, I knew these guys were lying at dinner. And, uh, and the reality of it is, is we're just old school, man. So if there's anything that I could give for us on marketing side, you know, we just brought in a new marketing director and we have a marketing team and we're full fledged on that now. And I'm excited about it because I really feel like we didn't use it for the first five years of building this thing. We built this thing by going straight to the street, you know, um, shaking hands, kissing babies, beating the phone. Um, And, uh, you know, we've always been face to face. We've always put in the work, you know, people in our industry know that not only do we sell you the product, but we'll help you set it. We'll also train you on it. You know, everything's always guaranteed and it's always guaranteed because we know we sell bangers and that's just it. We don't, we don't get into this thing for things to sit. You know what I mean? We get into these things, make them turn. And, and so that's, that's what we did, man. Our marketing was just guerrilla marketing, you know, no different than when you see these super aggressive musicians that are making these albums and yeah. you run into them at the beach and the boardwalk and they're in front of your face and they're making you listen to a song. And that's us. We did the same thing and we did it one person at a time. And, and we focused on the retailer, you know, a lot of people, focus on the big guys, right? The biggest guy in Texas, the biggest guy in New York, you know, and they go and they do that and they buy the steak. We ignored those guys. You know, we stayed away from them. We went to Nancy in Kentucky who had one store and got her trust, you know? So that's how we built it. And those bigger guys come later when you put in the hard work. It's not the best way to do it. And sometimes, uh, you know, when I tell everybody how we did it, you know, my partner Troy's like, why are you telling these people how you're doing it? You know, and I'm like, Troy, Cause they're never going to fucking do it. I was going to say, there's no way they're never going to fucking, (laughs) they're never going to fucking do it. I could write it down, put it in a book, you know, and, and do it. And, um, they're just not going to do it, but we love it, man. I got, I got three, uh, I got some killers on my team. I got my, my partner Motu, who was like, like the biggest godsend ever. He's just a super faithful guy. He's got same history. I think Motu did about six, seven years, but for, for some other uh, stuff, not a part of our stuff and uh, just super proud of him. But man, he's a freaking killer. And, uh, and then, you know, I got his cousin base who's a killer. I'm a killer. And I just got some guys that are like-minded that are willing to run on the streets and just run hard and, 
And, uh, and then on extension, I have some youngsters that are in this pool of these pool of these guys that everybody's got different weapons, you know, and we're just trying to do iron sharpens iron with these guys. And uh, so it's been pretty fun watching, try to rise these uh, youngsters up, you know? No, and I'm, I'm real grateful that you shared that, uh, that notion because it's true. Uh, that's red ocean, blue ocean, if you will. Right. It's like they're everyone's going after the big fish. Great. Let them sit there and worry about that because we know that there is an underserved market might take a little more work, but we're also ready for that and actually prefer that because we know that over the long game, that's going to give us the longevity that we need. Right. Because they're also the people closest to the people. Right. In terms of distribution, uh, of reaching people. Uh, for me, I think that's brilliant. And you're right. 100 percent of the time, other companies are going to want to do that. The second uh, thing I wanted to touch on that you brought up is it's ironic that a lot of people will look at someone's follower base and then say, oh, these people aren't making money. It's like actually more often than not, the people that are making money aren't spending that much time on social media. It's not to say yeah. that it doesn't help to have a dope personal brand, but that that's not like mutually exclusive. You can actually have a successful business and have absolutely no social media presence. That is a hundred percent true. Uh, it's yeah. nice to work on, but also it's difficult with the, the kind of regulations that are going on, what you can and can't say, how do you get people involved? But I can't wait to see what you do with that as well, because I have a feeling you'll be pioneering a lot of that. And I think many who are listening should watch for that and find ways to support what you're doing. Uh, yeah. You know, with that said, uh, I, I am curious, though. Um, I love that you give people like the chance to actually step into startup culture. Right. And, and being a part of that when when other companies would turn the other way for certain people trying to apply. Have you found that because people like, like yourself have a background where they may have like been young and made certain choices that they actually double down and want to work even harder to make their life something is that sort of why you open the doors that way because you know that's what that what kind of workplace culture and work ethic comes from these people yeah i'll say this so when uh we all went into that door and you know i did the shortest amount of time and my partners did like you know cumulative probably about three years not cumulative but about two and a half one and the other one did three and you know we weren't able to talk to each other for a while and uh and so uh, i remember when we got out i had this place and i started drip drop kind of for them so they had a place to come to and we were talking about our experiences because we went to three different facilities and there was a couple other people went to some other facilities and and uh i just i just never forget man i mean i've been to county jail and i've been stuff like that and and I'm not going to act like I did the most serious time because I haven't. Because when it talks about some of the people in my camp, these guys have done some years. You know what I mean? I've, I've never been through some of the pain and separation from my family like these guys have. But but uh, there's some good dudes in there, man. There's some there's some guys in there. It's not what you told. You know, I hate it when people blanket, blanket people up and they're like, oh, he's a convicted felon or he's this or he's that. And, you know, outside of hurting kids and hurting women, you know, we probably pretty much have a pretty high tolerance us as a company um for anybody on getting a second chance and you know i just i always loved watching guys leave and they were so excited um to go you know they'd say stuff like i'm gonna take care of my mom now and you know i'm gonna help my i'm gonna be a dad to my kids and i'm gonna try to get my girl back and and they're clean and they've been working on trades and you could just see it in their eyes that they got this whole vision of of what they want to do when they get out and and it just makes me sad to think that some of these guys maybe aren't a good enough talker as me, 
you know, or they're not good enough to sell themselves like someone like me. And uh, maybe they're even a different skin tone than me. Unfortunately, we live in some of those things. And these guys come in and they just have this, this look in their eyes of this determination to want to succeed and make it right this time, right? And they get on the bottom of that application and ask them where the hell they've been in the last four or five years. And do they have any of this? Or are they on their probation? And they say, yes. And I just can't help but think how many of them hit the damn trash can. And these guys are up at six o'clock in the damn morning. You know what I mean? They want to provide for their families. You know, they want to do right. They're changed. And um, it just, it just always stuck with me. And I know it was a thing that stuck with Mark and Troy as well. And we always told ourselves that we were never going to be that company. If we walked in, we were going to give people an opportunity to chance. Didn't matter if they started here or if they had a mouthpiece and we put them on the phones, you know, we've always been around them and, and uh, we just like these colorful people. And it's just uh, the adversity of the drip drop team is just like, it's just so insane. There's just, I'm just one story and Troy's one story, but like, everybody has these stories of how they are and they got benefits and we, no one ever says we don't pay well. We always overpay. And, um, we love on these guys. We go through ups and downs, people fall and we're there to pick them up. You know, we, um, we, uh, we're a second chance company, man. I would never fucking change it. And, uh, we're so pro pro program of whether it's a state facility or a fed facility that these guys come from. And um, we're just all open on it and we just love rising them up. And some of these guys, man, have don't have the book smarts or didn't have the skills. And now, but they, it's not that they didn't have them. They just didn't know it was in them. Right. And, uh, and they see somebody like me or somebody like Motu or somebody like Bass or Troy, and they see the stuff that we went through and it's easy sometimes for them to rise up. Right. Because it's, it's within their grasp. And sometimes you need someone to show you, Right. You need an example. And um, that's what we've always been, man. I don't ever see it fucking changing. I don't ever see this changing. Um, have we been burned on it? Sure. We've been burned. But at the same time, we've also been burned by people that were just so good on paper. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> Everything, they connected the dots. They had the unbelievable resume. You know, I think we've been burned more on those than we've been burned on the ones that, uh, Kind of the vagabond crew and the bad news bear crew, you know. That's such an important thing to bring up is how often people will look at a resume and think that actually ref is a reflection of the person that comes in, their character and their work ethic. And it never is. Um, more yeah. often than not, it's the people who don't have the most impressive that have the most gumption to try to prove themselves, right? And to to yeah. to learn on the job and what how valuable that is for a company. I mean. It's no mystery that it's the most expensive thing to hire somebody, train them, and then to lose them is probably like, oh my God, that's three months or something of money that just, where did it go, right? There's nothing more expensive than that. That much is true. But when you can keep people and they've been trained without all the baggage of someone who's like completely advanced, well, how valuable that is for a company and where they're going and what they're doing can't be understated it, it, that is just valuable so i want to i want to really give you a chance to sort of tell people like you know what do you want them to know specifically about uh what you're doing with drip drop what's next what can they expect where can they connect to some of your distributors if they if it's local are there any major cities they should keep in mind if they're in that city you know calls to action here's the red carpet for you what, what do you want them to know doug well, what I'd like a lot of people to know is, you know, we're excited about being in the counterculture space. 
I tell this all the time. I feel like we're very fortunate and I feel like we're at the beginning of it. It's been, the doors have been opening up, you know, with some state regulator or regulations opening up. And I think federally speaking, even though we're not a cannabis touching company, as far as like flour or, or anything like that, and I don't think we ever will be. Um, I think there's a tremendous opportunity for everybody top to bottom in this, uh, whether you're in a 10 by 10 booth or if you're in a 20 by 50 booth at Champs, which is basically our biggest stage. But what you're going to see from Drip Drop is you're going to see a lot more outreach. Um, I have a kick-ass marketing team and uh, I end up bringing in a guy. I already had the components there, you know, and uh, I had some very smart guys in there. And sometimes it takes one guy to mix that thing up. And then all of a sudden the wheels are running on everybody. And it's just been really cool watching that happen in my marketing department. So I'm excited about that because I feel like I had good marketing before, but now it's on steroids. So I think coming into, you know, the end of 2023 and 2024, I think uh, a lot of people are going to be surprised with uh, the aggressive stuff that we're going to have on like social media and Instagram, because now we have guys that haven't figured out to be able to play between the lines to do that outreach. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of new products and categories that Drip Drop's going to start getting into. You know, primarily a lot of people know us for Kratom, and uh, that's a big part of our business. But now we've been getting into the smoking accessory space and uh, doing a lot of things. And we've got some really smart people working on some products on the back end to develop these things. So I'm excited about that. And uh, um, we're gonna, a lot of people are going to notice that uh, we've, we're always the most traveled team. Um, there's nobody that travels more than us. We are on the streets. That's something that we say we fucking do it. And uh, this uh, coming into 2024 with the trade show seasons, because they're really hectic. I'm taking some of those off the map and uh, I'm going to be in a town near you. And it's not going to be my crew. It's going to be me with my crew. You know, I don't plan on leaving the front of the ship for a while. I'm having way too much damn fun. I want these damn youngsters. If they listen to this damn podcast, the youngster, my building, Rise the fuck up, man. Send me off. Send me off into the sunset. I don't want to retire or anything, but I just want all these guys to get theirs. And, you know, about 18 months ago, we turned our company into profit sharing. And uh, so now everybody, everybody in the company is sharing in whatever we do and our success. And that was important to us because for me and Troy, it's just uh, I, if I can't rise these guys up financially, you know, and if I can't get them to where they can do the things that they want to do with their families. Then what the fuck am I doing, man? You know what I mean? Like, what the hell am I doing? Like drip drops, not about the money. It's just about building it, the culture and rising these other people up. Everybody in my building, I want there to fucking get theirs, you know, and um, Troy allowed Troy and Mark allowed me to get mine when I first worked with them. And, and uh, I always watch my dad and my grandpa, allow those other people get theirs when they work with them. And, that's just never going to change, man. I'm blessed. I had the best mentors ever, man. And I never even found it in a fucking university. It's fucking great. Yeah, I love that. I, I didn't even know that. That how Talk about like all the more reason for people with looking for that second chance to also know that there's a chance for them to share in the profit. Now they have a true stake in the game for the company to succeed in the realest yeah. way. That's super yeah. cool, man. And can yeah. uh, would you say that going to the website right now or, or something like that would be the best route for people to start connecting and interacting with your products and seeing what you guys got? I think the best thing to do is because on our website, it's not open to the public. You know, we're not a B2C business yeah. to consumer. We're a B2B. And uh, we do that a lot just because we want to protect the retailer partners that yeah. have given us a thing. You know, there's this, always this bounce when you get into brick and mortar. Like, do you sell online? And are you on Amazon and 
Because then and, you're competing uh, you know, with the actual distributors that you're working with. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, is we've always priced everything on our side whenever we do deal with online retailers to consumer. We've always priced brick and mortar Main Street uh, accordingly on it because, you know, these guys these guys have more overhead. You know, they got lease payments. They got yeah. insurance on the building and different things. So we've always priced it to where they're always going to be cheaper on Main Street than you are online out of your convenience items. But, uh, but yeah, man, it's just, um, that's been, that's been kind of a thing. Uh, but when to find us for outreach, I would say this, help me build my social media platform. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, like, uh, right now you could be on it and we're, I think we're like 2800 on Instagram. Hey, be 2850 on us, you know, there click you that. And, uh, I think you're going to see a lot of stuff on all of it. Uh, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. I hear Facebook's dying. I don't know. I'm old school. So I'm on Facebook, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I think uh, com. if you wanted to register and, and you had a business uh, EIN number, sure, put it in, catalog will open up. But uh, I think uh, on those social media platforms, you'll be able to, to get what you need to get from us. And that's you know? Drip Drop Distro on, on the social media? Yeah, Drip Drop Distro. Yeah, Triple Ds, man. And yeah. we didn't do Triple Ds for why you think it just happened that way. <laughs> <laughs> Not a bad look either, though. No. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. This is this is great, man. And, and thank you for helping me direct people in, in, the, in the right place. Uh, I can't wait to see what you do with social media. I'm sure it's going to be fun. And there's just so much powerful storytelling waiting to happen with the kind of workforce that you're building and their own backgrounds and all their reasons uh, and, and all the hopes and dreams they're going to be achieving. The storytelling is doing its own work for itself, man. There's really something special yeah. you have with Drip Drop. And I can't thank you enough for stopping by and sharing some of that yeah. with us. Yeah, thank you so much for the time, man. I, f I feel blessed. And we also have a podcast that we're going to start doing ourselves internally mm. to where we're going sh to share some of our stories. And we're also going to start sharing to some of our competitors, even vendors and other people that are in the categories on some of the tools and the tactics that we use to get business. And that's going to be really fun to see how it's going to work because I'm going to have some people that are really good friends that are that are uh, business associates of mine saying, you use that against me. And I'm like, yeah, man, I just needed to get you over the edge, man. <laughs> you know? I love that's keeping it all the way real. What's the name of the show going to be? When can we expect it? To I, I, don't, I don't know. My marketing team came up with it and we shot episode one and it was just basically an intro of me, Troy and Motu sure. and Mikey, but it has to be somewhere on the social media page where they're going to blast it. But I don't know exactly what it's called. I'm not, I'm new to this stuff, man. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, all good. <laughs> I'm nor normally when it gets on like stuff like this and podcasts. I'm just a creeper, man. I like sit there and just listen to stuff, and you know, <laughs> and I read the chats. I don't really come out a little bit, so that's why I was telling you, you know, earlier. I'm a little nervous about it, but uh, but yeah, I just I think it's time for us to share. I'm 44. I'm going to turn 45 next year. It's I think it's I think I I've been around the block a few times, and I've had some really good guys around me that I've taken some things from and I've applied. And I think uh, these people shared it with me, you know, growing up and, and, uh, and I've learned some other things on the way. And I think I'm ready to start sharing as well, you know, and, uh, and start uh, getting some people on the right track to know that they can do it too. You know, and it doesn't just have to be in the counterculture space. I think a lot of the things that I know can be applied to just anything in commerce in general. So um, I just, yeah. I'm just really happy to share all that. So. No, man, I'm, I'm a big fan of what you're talking about. And I, from what I, from what I heard, just follow Drip Drop Distro on the social yep. medias and you'll be able to gain access to not only that, but anything new that's coming up from events and other things. That's going to be 
that is the new initiative. So if you're expecting to be able to interact with DripDrop and you're not some retailer, then just go there. And if you are a retailer, you know, get registered and be part of the distribution network. I it yeah. all makes perfect sense, man. So Doug, again, yeah. thank you so much for stopping by, man, sharing a little bit of the story, giving a sneak peek. Yeah. I can't wait to see what you do. Hey, thank you so much, man. Have a blessed day. Thank you. I appreciate it.